0: So grateful that the throne of grace is wide open this morning. Thank you, Lord, that there is no barrier between God and man because of your blood that we just honored through communion. Lord, thank you that your blood not only covers but it opens the door. So I pray for everybody in this room and everybody listening online that needs to know that the door's open today that the invitation is being given, God. I pray that as you're knocking, we would literally open the door of our hearts again this morning to you. I just wanna say as we're just praying here, these aren't just transition moments. Somebody needs to know that this morning, that the door is open. Revelation three twenty: behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone opens the door, <laughs> I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. The doors open. If you need that this morning, just as a way of receiving uh, the Lord's invitation, just open your hands right now. Lord, I pray for every man and woman and child that hears you knocking at their heart as they open the door. Lord, you promise to come in. And as we open our hands and surrender right now, you promise to come. And I usually don't do this at this time, but just stay with me right now. If you're here and you don't know Jesus, if you're watching online and you don't know him, but that your heart's beating right now, you just feel your heart beating. I wanna open the door, I don't know how, I need help. You're crying out to God right now. I'm just saying, Jesus is coming to rescue you. And I want to help you get there right now. So if you need Jesus, if you need forgiveness of sins, if you need his love and care, if you need to come into your heart, your home right now, I want to take you there to a simple prayer. And for all the believers that are listening right now, could you just pray for somebody that needs Jesus right now? So if you don't know him and you want him, I want to pray a simple prayer. I want to take you to him. So you can just pray this simple prayer with me. If you need him right now, just say, Lord Jesus, I need you. Just tell him you need him because you do. (laughs) That's the aching going on. I need you. Forgive me of my sins. That's acknowledging that you can't get to God in your own efforts and your ugliness and the sin and the evil. Lord, forgive me of my sin. Now, just pray this simple declaration. I believe you died on a cross for me. It means he became a sacrifice for you. I believe you died on the cross for me. After you died, I believe you were buried for me. I believe you rose from the dead for me. Just pray it with me. Even if you don't understand it, God hears your heart. I believe that you've made a way to the Father for me. And so I come. I give my heart. I give my life to you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for loving me, for giving me, for coming. And I give my all to you. If you just prayed that simple prayer, Lord, thank you for every man, woman, and child right now that's calling on your name. Thank you that forgiveness is final. Lord, thank you that your death, burial, and resurrection made a way for my friends to be cleansed, no longer condemned, but now free by the grace of God. And Lord, for everybody in this room and all of us, we have known you for years, we come in again today, Lord. We're coming again today because the door's open, because your grace is sufficient for us, and we're grateful, we're grateful, we're grateful. Amen. Amen. Ooh, don't you love Jesus? Every day there is a way forward. There is a way forward, my friends. If you've been a part of this week, we've had the beautiful privilege of praying 24 hours a day, seven days a week, right across the way. The prayer room has been open; uh, it's always open, and. We, as a general rule, we have about 50 to 60 hours a week that people consistently are in there praying, but this week we upped it. We said every hour on the hour, and we took these little cards, many of you were, have taken the journey with us, where people let, said, this is what I need for a breakthrough, and uh, for Laura and I, uh, as we were with different groups of people in the prayer room reading those cards, I mean, truly Just maybe even a glimpse of the the stirring of Jesus when he's moved with compassion. Man, moms crying out for their sons and daughters to either come home or to find the grace of God. People with desperate life and death sickness situations for themselves or for friends or for family people that need financial breakthroughs and jobs, just card after card, whether they put their name on there or not, you could just feel the pain and the need. And one of the things that we uh, uh, all just believe even today, that at the end of our time, we'll have all of our prayer teams up here. And if you filled out one of those cards... Um, I believe so many of you have already seen breakthroughs and we're, we'd love to hear that. But if you filled out those cards and you're not yet, you haven't seen what it is that you are aching for, or yearning for, or whether you did not fill out a card, at the end of the time, we're going to take extra time this morning at the very end and pray for folks. And at the end of the second service specifically, I want to say to those online and those that are here, We are going to extend the service. So we'll have a a close as we normally do, people to go get their kiddos. And then we're going to stay here as long as people are coming and pray for people. So everybody got that? So we'll we'll pray at the end of our time here for needs. And then in the second service at 1230, we're going to continue and just have anybody that wants prayer, we're going to pray for people. And you can bring friends, family members, because we believe that God wants to truly tangibly manifest breakthrough today, whether it's physical, mental, financial, relational, whatever those issues are. And it's kind of like what we've talked about last week, when Jesus is walking by, don't miss it and there's a moment that he has led us to sanctify here at the end of this service and the next service to pray for everyone and anyone and just say, "Hey God, we we need you and we're here for one another to pray for those breakthroughs." Everybody with me? Come on. It's going to be a beautiful day. Well, in the middle of this, I uh, uh, have a dear friend that I want to introduce to you, and uh, it is a story of that same kind of redemption. I love this whole deal. God gives us breakthrough, and he heals us so that we may be healer, healers. He rescues us so that we may be rescuers. This is the story of the gospel, and at times, God highlights uniquely individuals to kind of help all of us become rescuers beyond what we ever thought or imagined, and that's all I've got for an intro, other than uh, this man's name is... Trip Nine, dear, dear brother and friend. He's gonna tell us his story, so you'll get to know him that way, but I want us to all give it up for Trip Nine as he comes to share with us this morning. Well, all right, Trip, listen, I, I am so excited for everybody to meet Uh, trip and his journey and before he gets into all these fabulous things that god's doing and that we're going to get to be a part of um i just want to say to everybody there's always a story behind this story and everybody's wondering where are we going with this just hang on that's the whole point you gotta gotta wait and listen in so um trip tell us about your family tell us about
1: your life well, my beautiful bride, Kristen, she came down from New Hampshire to join us for this Sunday, so thank you, Kristen. We do allow Yankees yeah.
0: to visit Texas at times. So uh, I, I married it into
1: a Patriots family. Oh, so, I wouldn't yeah. go there to get started. <laughs> but go, go ahead. Be, you'll be all right. Keep going. Well, uh, and then actually, Kristen and I, we do have a home in Kansas City, and I was not really a football person um, during my New England days, but then I became a Chiefs fan. Oh, So yeah, wow. double... Double, Double negative, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but my father-in-law still lets me visit every once in a while. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, hey,
0: just tell us a little about your own story, finding Jesus, and
1: well, yeah. And so I have a unique testimony because I was a prodigal, and during my my mom had been praying for me since birth. During my younger years, I rebelled. Uh, at 17 years old, I almost lost my life to alcohol poisoning. Alcoholism runs in my mom's side of the family, and things were spiraling down very quickly. And my parents intervened, and they found a, a, a place where I can go finish out high school and also get some help. It was, a, it was a treatment center for troubled teens, and it was in Western Samoa, which is very far from here. And so, you know, though, my mom, she didn't want me to, of course, any mother, you know, you don't want to send your son or daughter 7,000 miles away on the other side of the sea. But cool, quick testimony. Yeah. She was going through the, the Bible in a year. That very day wow. that I had to get on a flight to western Samoa um, was her Bible reading was Psalm 139, where even if I settle on the far side of the sea, there your hand will guide me and your right hand will uphold me. Woo. That literally was a promise from the Lord that even if I was to be sent to the far side of the sea, which you can't go any further before the international dateline. So Western Samoa is as far as you can actually go before it switches to the, another day. Another day. Um, he was going to bring the breakthrough that was needed. And, so, and what happened was she packed me with a Bible and also Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren. And I was contrite at that time. And I was like, God's given me a second chance. Actually, many more than a second chance. But, <laughs> but what was special about my time out there was this program that I was in. It wasn't a, an overtly Christian program, but they encouraged you to really, uh, you know, they encouraged spirituality. But of course, me coming from a Christian roots, I said, you know what, I'm going to read through Purpose Driven Life, this book that Rick Warren created for the next 40 days. It was a devotional. And then on day 10, there was this story that Rick tells about a friend of his, Bill Bright, who actually was, he, Rick asked him, what, why has the Lord used you so much in your life? Um, like, how has your life been so fruitful? And so Bill says to Rick, well, I'm, I'm very linear in my thinking. And when I was a young man, I decided to write out an actual contract with God saying from this moment on, I'm gonna be a slave of Jesus Christ. And he literally just signed his life away. Mm. And I felt compelled. This was May 27th, 2005 when I was out there. It was a rainy Friday morning. I'm in my little hut and I just wrote out this contract where I just literally just sold myself to the kingdom of God, to Jesus. And I still have that contract to this day. Mm. After that things began to radically change. Mm, That is amazing. Well,
0: uh, radical changes, of course, uh, uh, land you into communities. And uh, you came back to the States after the Western Samoa deal.
1: And uh, how did we all run into each other back in the day? Okay, so I... Being from New England, there's a Christian college up there, and I transferred in. I did one semester at community college, but I ended up transferring in in the spring semester of 2007 to Gordon College, which is about an hour north of Boston. And during that same time, Antioch was planting their first granddaughter church Mm -hmm. in that area in Beverly, Massachusetts, called The Harbor. Yes. And now called Antioch, Beverly. Yeah. But, and there was a, a, a dear brother that came to my life at that time, Neil Hubacher, yeah. and he just began to, to love me, disciple me, and help mentor me, and I was a part of the first wave of students that was a part of the Harbor Church. Mm. And, um, and ran with them for um, about four years until about a year after I graduated in 2010, but that is where I got such a heart for missions during those early world mandate times. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I remember you coming up, Jimmy, and just my, my heart got set on fire for wanting to reach, um, especially youth in the Middle East, you know, praying for people wherever I went on the streets in Walmart, Target. <laughs> but <laughs> anyway, so that was, my, that was the beginnings of discipleship for me. And so I'm Always so grateful for Man, and here we are again. Yes.
0: So we have just reacquainted, actually, in the last several months. So it's just, uh, I didn't even know of his history and all that. So it's really fun to say, hey, maybe in this room you have a relationship with somebody that you meet in college or whatever, and years later, God reconnects you for a greater purpose. Mm -hmm. So here's the deal. Of course... Going through the college at Antioch that time, world mandate, you thought, I'm going to be a missionary. That's what I'm going to do. And God
1: threw you a little more another direction. What what happened? Well, actually, so there was, so some people get a lot of dreams. They have a lot of God dreams. I can honestly say that there's like a handful in the last 17 years of walking with the Lord that I've had. One of them was at Gordon College. And this is just a fun side story, which ties into what, we're, what I'm doing now and what I believe that God has called me to. But you're seeing behind us, this is, um, this is the main Gordon College campus, and there's this huge chapel. It's called A.J. Gordon Memorial Chapel, named after A.J. Gordon, who is the founder of Gordon College. Mm-hmm. It was founded as a missionary sending school in the late 1800s, and then... Um, He was named after Adonai Judson, who was the first missionary to Burma, Uh to Myanmar. Mm. Now, in this dream, um, there's symbolism in here, but you can imagine there's this long, dark hallway, and there's a bunch of these candles that are on a table that stretches the entire length of this hall, and none of them are lit. They're all in the dark, and then I get to the end of this hall, and there's an altar, and dead end. There's nothing else except this altar. And on the altar, there's one candle that is lit with an inscription on it that says the Lord's. And I stay at the altar for a time. And then I turn around and I look back to the sea of darkness and all those candles. And I see there's a few of them that are actually lit. And then I go place my hand over one of them that's lit. And I cast my hand to the rest of the candles that are unlit in the dark. And fire follows my hand and begins to light all these other candles. Hmm. And then I woke up. And I was with an Antioch pastor um, at that time, John Prickett. We were on just a little retreat. Guys, guys retreat out, you know, up in the lakes region of New Hampshire. But it was a profound moment for me. Mm. And, and I wrote it down. And in my mind, I'm thinking, I'm going to do Antioch training school. I'm going to you know, go to Pakistan. I had a real heart, and I still do, for Pakistan. And the Pashtun people group in particular. And my trajectory, though the Lord closed that door physically, but he opened wide a door for me in technology, which really just messed with my mind because I was like, did I miss it? And so that was, that was a wrestle for me, especially when I had to ultimately move away from my Antioch family um, to really take this job in technology up in Southern New Hampshire.
0: Yeah. So, so keep going. Take us into technology. All right. All so
1: I'm in technology and... I also have a an entrepreneurial spirit. And my wife, Kristen, she's a high school math teacher by trade. Now she teaches, she's a professor at Gordon as an adjunct professor, so she's teaching teachers now. But I encouraged her, this is about 2013. I said, Kristen, um, you have a gift for teaching, and you have a heart for helping parents understand how to navigate, you know, the new math. And so why don't you go to Starbucks every night, and I'll watch our, our kiddo. We had Daniel, who was born at that time, and um, Mari was about to be born. But you go out, you write, and then I'll try to help you market this. So this is like a fun, like, you yeah. know, spouse activity. <laughs> and uh, Depending on your definition of fun, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> so she goes out. I I think it was about six months or so of kind of writing, editing. But finally, this gets published and self-publishing. You know, we're just trying to figure out fun ways to market it. One of the things that was happening simultaneously, though, was Facebook pivoted to mobile. So if you remember the early days of Facebook, it was all desktop, laptop. And then in about 2013, they decided to pivot to mobile and, like, make a bigger emphasis on that. And then they rapidly began to grow throughout Southeast Asia, the Middle East, Northern Africa, because people who didn't have laptops, many of them had inexpensive Android phones and, and also 3G internet access. Well, just put a placeholder there. And Facebook is, uh, I hear how some people are using Facebook to market their, their books so I say, Kristen, let me take your book. Let me see if I can just begin to market it on Facebook. And I mean, we got a few sales from that, and, but I did not fully understand how to use it yet. So it kind of, um, it was just an idea that I was trying, and then I went back to trying other ideas. But what happened was I got caught in Facebook's marketing engine, and then every day it felt like they were just blasting me. Send your message anywhere on earth. Send your message to any city you want. You know, whatever you want to tell other people in literally any place on earth, use this tool to do it. And finally, it was like a year later, I had this, revel- this like epiphany moment of, oh, I think I can use Facebook's business ad manager, which is meant to do business stuff, but I can turn that on its head and we can actually use this to get a message out to unreached nations. Mm. So what I did was I put a fleece out and I said, um, I created a page called Healing Prayer because I also had a passion praying for people that
0: I do want to just note, he, he still has, he, he, and currently today, so he works in cybersecurity, has a job that uh, is, a, we call it day job, night job, I don't even think, whatever. Yeah. But what I'm trying to say is this is a part of just being a missional man in the rest right. of your workplace. Okay, go for it.
1: Go yep, on. I'm in technology, and I was an inside sales rep, actually, and my, um, my sales territory was selling to school districts in Arkansas and selling them all their printer needs, their, their, yeah, their toner needs, their computers. And then eventually they gave me the Dallas-Fort Worth area too, but, you know, as an inside person. So I'm up in New Hampshire in a big call center and just dialing away. We call it dialing for dollars. And what ended up happening, though, is I put this fleece out. This is late This is like the fall time of 2014. And I create this page called Healing Prayer. And then I say, I'm just gonna spend five dollars of Facebook ads per day, and let's just see what happens. If there's if there's you know a couple dozen people that start following the page, and then I get to talk with one or two of them by week's end, this is successful. I press the, the start button and then I go to bed. I wake up the next morning and my mind is blown. There's already 500 Islamic youth that are following this page, which is all about Jesus, the Son of God, who heals. And then by week's end, there's 3,500. Mm-hmm. And then the messages began to roll in of, hey, can you pray for me for this? And because English is a, it's a business language in Pakistan, I was able to just uh, dialogue back and forth with many of them. Mm-hmm. And that just instantly opened up my understanding of, wow, we can use technology in so many ways to get the gospel out. All right. So uh, so give us getting,
0: uh, you do got to tell about getting kicked out of the mall as one more piece okay. and then roll us into what go, was going on. All right. There.
1: Simultaneous yeah. to this happening, um, I did a lot of street evangelism too. So I, I was the guy in, in Walmart or Target, you know, saying, hey, do you have any back pain? And, you know, let me just lay my hands on you and pray. And um, thank you, Jesus. And, <laughs> That was a fun time, and there were many divine appointments. Now, I, I would do this in the mall, too, uh, the mall in New Hampshire, in Manchester, New Hampshire. And uh, I, one, one time of me doing evangelism, the, the mall cops come over, and they say, Son, you can't do this. Um, you need to leave. And so I, I was like, I wanted to honor them and say, okay. Lord, would you still provide other methods and other ways for me to share your message with people that are in my own, um, in my own spheres locally? Yeah, yeah. And as I'm walking by the food court on my way out, I look out and I see everyone inside of the food court. They're all on their smartphones and they're scrolling through Facebook and Instagram. And then again, it was this just epiphany of, I could just go provision digital gospel tracks right to their newsfeed right here. And instantly, it accelerates everything, too. Instead of handing them out one by one or praying for just, you know, five people, I can just blast out a thousand of them all while they're having lunch. And that was a very important realization, too, because God's word is not chained. You know, if one door closes, another door is going to open. Up. Yes, come on. All right. Well, hey, so fast forward us or yes, talk to us about Ekbalo, et cetera. All right, so. In December of 2014, I'm sitting in my little cubicle in that big call center, you know, dialing for dollars, and I'm staying late that night. And I think I was one of the last people that were in the building. And I had this overwhelming sense of God's presence that just showed up in my workplace. And and then I had this, this real strong impression of God speaking to me, almost putting an offer letter on the table and saying, Do you want to be the director of Ekbalo University? And of course, if God is offering you a position, you say, Yes, Lord. (laughs) But then what is Ekbalo University? (laughs) And so I had to look up the definition. And um, so Ekbalo is this Greek word in Matthew 938. So Jesus tells his disciples to pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest field. Well, that word send um, in the Greek is ekballo. Now, it's not the normal word for send. It's this unique word that is also used another time where Jesus is casting out demons. So if Jesus ekballos demons, they have to go. If he ekballos laborers, they have to go. Mm. It has this connotation of wow. being thrust forth, expelled. Mm. Mm. And, and then the understanding came over time of, of the Lord saying, hey, this ministry I want you to begin to teach, train, and equip my church on how to harness technology, so on how to harness technology to reach the unreached, engage the unengaged, and pray for the unprayed. Mm. So that's what I was doing as a practitioner for about six years. So the end of 2014, all the way to 2020, and I was really wrestling through with the Lord about what is this gonna look like? When's your right timing? Well, if everyone remembers what happened in 2020, the whole world shuts down, Mm. and literally doors fling wide open for me to share all of the knowledge that I had been just learning how to do this with the most efficiency, what not to do, how to love people well into the kingdom, and then ultimately bring them into discipleship, and that's when our circles crossed again.
0: Yes. Yes. So So bring bring us into it. And while this is happening, don't get distracted, but some guys are going to come up here and help us with uh, something. So if you guys, Harrison and Macau, in just Mm. a moment we're going to go live into praying for a nation uh, as a part of this technology. So just hang in there, everybody. But stay focused on
1: this story while they get set up. Yes. So what you're seeing here is, just some backdrop understanding of how we can use social media to go reach the unreached. There's so many people that are using Facebook and Instagram over in Southeast Asia, the Middle East, Northern Africa, which are just big mission spots, big mission hubs for Antioch. In addition, even the U.S., this works here. Yeah. Um, now, what's interesting is, so you're seeing here, there's a few different ways of, we're trying to leverage Facebook Messenger to actually dialogue and have conversations with people at scale where we ask them, hey, did what you saw, that prodigal son video, make sense to you? Um, Would you like to receive Jesus? Would you like to connect with a local pastor? Um, Could we get your village that you live in? Could we get your phone number so we can connect you with them? So all of this is happening at scale, and then we can actually pull um, all of that information into our 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 private servers where then we can dialogue and follow up with those individuals and get them connected to local fellowship. Mm. So it's very exciting. And the opportunity that we have is so big. So if you see on the screen here, you have the estimated audience size in Asian Africa of people that are on the internet and actively using Facebook and Instagram on a monthly basis is about one and a half billion people. Many of them live inside of the 1040 window. And th- these are individuals where we can actually, with a push of a button today, actually just go and provision gospel content in their own language right to the palm of their hand. Mm. And that's, that just gets me up in the morning, so excited. <laughs> and So, all right, so um, <clears throat> just, a, just a couple of things here. Let's go
0: into a little bit of, of, of storying here. Yes, so if you guys know, some of you guys may be familiar with uh, Myanmar, remember he talked about Burma, remember he he had that, he was in that chapel that Adaram Judson, who was a missionary to Myanmar, who had contended for uh, in the mid 1800s. So he has this deal about Myanmar, well, God speaks to us, and not just to Antioch, but to uh, YWAM, Campus Crusade, the, the Baptists, the Assembly of God, really to uh, kind of the, the Christian world. And we started collating a plan in 2018 and 19 to reach all of Myanmar, 55 million people, 93% Buddhists. Uh, the other percentages would be Muslim and Christian background. And we just said, what would it look like to be, reach a nation? What would it look like to see a churches planted, Bibles distributed to everyone, the sick prayed for. How can you saturate a nation as a model for what God's wanting to do around the world in this hour? I just want to pause for a moment and say we're living in an incredible hour. And uh, so there was a unity movement, 43 different organizations in the body of Christ came together. We mapped out a plan, and then 2020 happened. And then they had a coup. And how many people know that every time you have a promise of God doesn't mean that it's immediately going to just happen with no resistance, right? The scripture says, 1 Corinthians 16, and this is where you can take this very personal in your own life. It says, God has given a wide door of opportunity, but there are many adversaries. (laughs) But God has already set up another plan if you're willing to listen, respond, communicate, and lean into each other. So we're we're, we're I'm going to take you into we're going to take you into two different things. We're going to take you into Myanmar a couple things happening, and then I want to but I want to also say trip is working with different people around the world again. Um, campaigns, things are happening every day. Every hour, someone is coming to Jesus, identifying that, being put into a discipleship opportunity, and then given the opportunity to meet face-to-face with somebody. So all this for us gets down to real people, meeting real people, being discipled and mentored, but it begins with the digital process. So this morning, you guys, we have, we have several teams in northern Thailand. Many of you guys know the Garci family from Antioch, Hueco. And uh, this morning, I called uh, Josh Turner, team leader there. I said, hey, Josh, what's the latest? He said, well, I just met somebody this, uh, uh, tonight at a meeting we were having, and he said her name, uh, uh, I'll, I'll, well, I want to call her Jan just to protect uh, the, the public. He said a lady named Jan had gone on to one of our digital processes that Tripp and his team had set up, and there had been this ad, are you suicidal? Are you depressed do you need help? She clicked into it. She was suicidal. She's just been diagnosed with with four different ailments. One of those was diabetes. She's a young woman. Another one was a pre-cervical cancer. She's wanting to think about taking her own life, doesn't know what a way forward is. She clicks this ad. Then she Then it goes to this message of Jesus and how he can help you and and that you've come to him, you know, both for salvation and for help. And then it connects to one of our people in Thailand. And then she gives them their number. They connect with her. She has come to the Lord, she has been baptized. And tonight, our guys met her uh, face to face. She's already in a disciple making relationship through this journey. And she said, she tells the story tonight. After meeting everyone, after getting in discipleship, meeting face-to-face, and being prayed for, I went back to the doctor on Thursday. The cancer is gone. The doctors did not know what in the world happened. They can't explain it. She proclaimed Jesus to these doctors. She's now in the local church, in community, in house church, being discipled because we activated one button in a moment to get somebody to Jesus and our people. And so if I, if I could just preach a second, I already am, but it, what I would just say, my friends, we're a part of a body, and God is pulling together the body of Christ and the gifts of the body of Christ to connect people rightly to the grace of God. And when we, when we do things like this, his gift and his grace connects to our gift to be life on life and to meet people on the streets. We literally are going to use this tool for April and May throughout Waco, Everybody's going to be blasted away with the opportunity. Are you hurting? Are you needy? Do you want to know Jesus? How do you be discipleship? And when we get all these numbers to call people, then you're going to be deployed and ready to go to go visit people because God cares about Waco just as much as he does Myanmar. It's not a matter of whether God's moving. It's a matter of labors for the harvest. So take us into Myanmar, then we're gonna go live there through one other element. And I just wanna do the little advert here because after this, we're gonna minister to one another. At two o'clock this afternoon, what you're about to see, we're gonna train anyone that would like to come on how to go live into a country and to pray on site by the Holy Spirit in agreement with our people working around the world. And he'll explain in a moment. So talk just about Myanmar.
1: All right, so Myanmar... This might be a little difficult to see, but I'm just going to tell you the actual numbers here. So right now we're doing a campaign live in Yangon, and we're about to go virtually show you a, a particular temple in the Yangon area. Our, our brother Mikal here, he is just incredible. He's going to be taking us through and showing us that. But what is supernatural is we've reached in just about, two, about a 24-hour time period this is a snapshot from a 24-hour time period from, I think, Friday into Saturday. 100,000 individuals in this city, and then there's about 29,000 that actually engaged with our gospel content, and 273 messages of, hey, I want to learn more about Jesus, or yes, I want to give my life to Jesus. Here's my phone number. Here's my address. Can you, give, can you send me a local pastor? Can you also give me a digital Bible? All of that's happening, and what's really mind blowing is the actual ad costs are so inexpensive. You can see right there for seven dollars. That is literally what we've been able to. That's our catch for the day. Seven bucks.
0: Yeah. Do I hear ten dollars? Yeah. Uh,
1: <laughs> for... So it's it's overwhelming sometimes. Now what we're gonna do here is, so Macal, you can go in and you can go to sharing and cast and. Then you can pull up the Wonder app, and it should
0: work out. He's now. in. He's in. Should be there. Got it. Mhm. He's heading there.
1: Yeah. We're ready. We are okay. ready. We are ready. And we're going full screen. So if you could, if you yeah. guys can see this.
0: Yeah. So here's here's what I want to explain. What's going on here, you guys? And this is what at two o'clock today, everybody that wants to come, because we are called to impact the nations of the earth. So this is live in Yangon. Through the oculus, literally we can go live. So for instance, if I was going there today, these are real people um, that are in a Buddhist temple, and they're praying to a God that does not hear. Buddhism is a path to get out of suffering, get out of pain, to get to nirvana, a state where you lose yourself and get into this nirvanic state, if you will, but in the end, there is no savior. There is no salvation. So they are looking at gods and idols, hoping to find God with no way of finding him. And so as we go around, if you'll just focus on the group there, uh, Macau, yeah, this, this group, I want us just to, we're gonna do a couple of things here. I want us to pray right now for these people to be saved. The Buddhist world, God is moving in the Buddhist world, Thailand 70 million, in um, Myanmar 55 million, and it's a wall that needs to fall. It is a wall that needs to fall because this is a religion, again, we we are not here to critique everybody's religion, but we're here to say there is only one way to the Father, And many well-meaning people are there because their hearts ache for God and God aches for them. And so we are not here to denigrate them. We're here to rescue and to pray in the Lord of the harvest and that out of our prayers today, that the Holy Spirit then would connect them, whether it's through an online digital thing, or whether it's through a labor that he's tapping on the shoulder right now in Yangon, friends of ours, to walk over to that temple and to share the gospel, or that they would have a vision and a dream. These are the things. Joy is sitting in this. That gal I told you about, Jan, excuse me, that I told you about, this incredible testimony is one of those people sitting in there. All right? So here's what I want you to do. I just want you to, if you're with somebody, you can pray. But I want you just to start praying prayers. If you were on your knees like that lady looking to find God, what would you want prayed for you right now? Many of them are there because they're sick, they're depressed, they're fearful. They think they're going to get there by going to a temple. But there's only one way, and his name's Jesus. Can we just do that right now? And If you don't even know what to pray, would you just pray, God, save them? God, help her. Get your eyes on somebody, a man, a woman, that little boy there between mom and dad. What if he had a vision or a dream right now Jesus? Come on, just engage it wherever you are. You say, well, I don't even know how to pray. Just what would you want prayed for you? What, what would you want prayed for you right now? We're taking a couple minutes, you guys. Literally, when we sow into other people's lives, God sows back into our life. Pray your own pain. They have the same pains. These are just people that need a breakthrough today. I want everybody to stand. I'm going to have Chantel. We're going to agree and pray that the wall of Buddhism would fall so that the life of Jesus can be seen. And again, wherever you are in your journey, just just stay in it with us as if it's your own pain and you're trying to find God. If if, if you feel comfortable, just extend your hands towards this picture, towards this temple right now as an act of faith that the Spirit of God would move. Chantel, lead us in prayer. Let's agree together.
2: Jesus, we long for you to be seen in the Buddhist world. God, we long for you, the God who hears, the God who sees, the God who knows. Lord, that every single person, every single person in Yangon, Lord, we're asking right now, Jesus, would you reveal yourself to them, God? would you open their eyes to see you god would you open their hearts to know you lord i'm asking for dreams and visions god i'm asking would there be a release of a revelation of the spirit of the wisdom god that they would understand that you are god who loves that you're god who sees that you're god who knows that lord that there's no other god but you there's no other god but you jesus and you died so that they could have freedom. You died so that they could be a fully alive to you. And so, Lord, every single one of them sitting there in this temple, God, asking for more, wanting something. Jesus, you see them. You know them. You know every hair on their head. And so, God, I'm asking that every single one of them would have an encounter with you. Lord, would you send labors to the harvest? God, would you embalow people into this field? That people who have known and seen a great light, Lord, that they would see you. Holy Spirit, come and yank gone right now. Come and flood this temple. Come awaken hearts to you. They need you, Jesus. Lord, would you tap on every heart that is soft right now? Every person who's seeing the gospel right now in this campaign, God, every person that's seeing these messages, Lord, would you tap on their hearts? And would you send forth the truth and that the truth would set them free? Would they hear the gospel and would their hearts come awakened to it? that you desire to, for them to know you, not just to reach a level of peace. You are peace, Jesus. God, would you give them that understanding that you are peace. Prince of peace, come. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus, to Yangon, Myanmar today. Come, Lord Jesus. Lord, I'm not asking for just one. God, I'm asking for a nation. God, I'm asking for the people of Yangon. Lord, we're asking for the whole city. Lord, we're asking today, Jesus, for millions. God, we're asking for souls. You're not after one. You want them all. And so God, help us. Help us to understand what is your desire. Lord, would Myanmar be a bride, a beautiful bride for your glory? Would she be a beautiful bride that displays your glory on the earth? That would spread abroad to the right and to the left and that the nations of the earth would see your glory mm-hmm. and see your beauty mm-hmm. thank you lord thank you for what you're doing in myanmar today jesus amen. we don't take it lightly that we get to be a part mm-hmm. amen we love you lord mm-hmm.
0: amen hey stay with me here just one more moment again The only reason I tell you to open your hands is just a way of surrender again. I want to pray for all of us to be laborers for the harvest, for the Holy Spirit to fill us in our location, our sphere, our space. Spirit of the living God, would you... Uh, visit us by your spirit. Would you awaken our hearts, God, to engage what you're doing in our city, in our sphere of relationships? Would you engage and awaken us to be participants? Lord, we're made to rescue every person in this room. God, would you come and awaken us, awaken this church, God? You've called us to come to you. You've called us to pray for one another you've called us to contend but you've also called us to be sent ones and so lord i pray would you reawaken calls all over this room many of you have felt stirred at different places in your life and along the way and you found yourself becoming complacent to the lost and god is trying to awaken you again today to the opportunities and we're trying to connect you to the very thing you're made for we are rescued to rescue by the grace of God. Now, hey, we're going to just do one last thing, everybody. If our prayer teams can come up here quickly. Hopefully you've been stirred. You've been motivated. A lot of thoughts going on here. A lot of things happening. But remember, we've been praying for seven days, 24 hours a day, that you might get the help that you need personally, that you might get the help that you need And so we want to pray for you. If you are sick in your body in any way, I would run down here, man. There's been a week of prayer just for people like you. If you've been needing a breakthrough in your marriage, if you've been needing a breakthrough in a relationship, you've been needing a breakthrough for finances. Uh, last week, uh, there was a word that came about um, a, a job and not uh, not quitting your job. And, and this woman said, oh my goodness, I was just thinking about quitting my job just because I was angry or mad. And I've reengaged my job in a fresh way and God is moving forward. So everything matters to God. We're going to have, hey, if, if some of our uh, leaders could be up here, be available please come. There is a power for breakthrough this morning. We're talking about big stuff in the nation of the earth, but God cares about the now stuff, a breakthrough that you need. Do not miss an opportunity to get somebody to lay their hands on you and pray for you in the name of Jesus. We are here for you. If you prayed that simple prayer with me earlier, opened up your heart and said, God, I want you to come into my house and meet with me, then I want to, we want to make sure to pray for you. Uh, do we have pe- prayer people up on the deck? Could you wave at me if we have prayer people up on the deck? There's, there's prayer people up on the deck in there at the top of the bowl as well. Don't let anything or anyone prevent you from getting somebody to lay hands on you. This has been bathed in 168 hours of prayer. I mean, I'm trying to think of something to get prayed for. Just because if God's here, I want help. We will pray for you as long as you're willing to stay or as long as the need comes. Because God is here to pour out grace over us. We're going to sing a simple chorus. You can stay and worship for a while. We'll give a little what we call a soft closing or a moment to release parents after we sing. But we're going to keep praying for people and keep this place a sanctuary for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And let me encourage you as well for friends and family. At the end of the next service, we're going to stay for as long as we need to. Bring anyone, doesn't matter what church they're from, what background they come from, This is a space bathed in 168 hours of prayer, and now we're imparting in the name of Jesus the power of God to accompany the prayers of the saints. Let's sing together right now to seal God's word in our heart.